Clovercrest Media Group presents Sports Talk with R&J. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And we're going to start the show talking about LeBron James and really the week that he had. I mean, he had, the Lakers, had, his team, had two huge wins this week. Uh, Friday night over the Bucks, where he went for 37-8-8, uh, and beat Giannis. And then... They, they got their first win of the year against the Clippers when uh, Giannis well, – no, no, I mean uh, LeBron went 27-7-9, uh, and the Lakers won that game 112-103. to and, and LeBron was just – he proved that he is still arguably the best player in basketball. He had a, he had a great week. And there's really two questions that, that we're going to really ask ourselves is – the first one is, is LeBron the MVP? And the second one is, are the Lakers the best team in the league? And even though LeBron had a great week this week, I am going to say no to both those questions. I still think Giannis is the MVP of the league right now, even though, even though, even though LeBron beat him on Friday night. I still think Giannis is the MVP of the league. And my reason for that is, is because he's got a better record than LeBron. And really, Giannis doesn't have anywhere near – no disrespect to Chris Middleton at all. Chris Middleton is a really, really good player. But he does not have the, the, the number two option that LeBron has with Anthony Davis. So that's why I would still say right now, Giannis is the MVP of the league. But LeBron is right there, right? He's second in that, in that conversation. He's, he's number two behind Giannis. But I still would say Giannis is the MVP just because of not having as good of a second player and having a better record than the, the, and the Bucks having a better record than the Lakers. But, I mean, LeBron was just so impressive this week. And I mean, it, it, it's it's just amazing. And and uh, and to say that the, uh, and are the Lakers the best team in the NBA? I'm still gonna say no to that. And here, here's another here's a reason why. Yes, LeBron has had a better year than Kawhi, as you saw on a Sunday. LeBron is probably the better player than Kawhi. And I think the difference between the two are LeBron makes guys around him better. You saw Kawhi Leonard. He had he had, I think he had 29 points, but he had zero assists. And LeBron had nine assists, which is which is which is is the difference. He makes got other guys around him better. Even though, again, I think Kawhi has a better team around him as well. I mean, he's Kawhi's got Paul George, he's got Lou Williams, he's got Montrez Harrell, he's got Marcus Marcus Morris. So he, I think Kawhi, the Clippers are a better all around team. That's why I think they're the best team in the NBA. Even though they're five and a half games behind the Lakers, I think they have the best team in the NBA. Uh, I I still think I I mean LeBron. I think the Clippers are the best team in the NBA, but. LeBron has outplayed Kawhi this year, but I do got to go with the Clippers for being the best team in the league. Justin, your take on both of those. Is LeBron the MVP, and are the Lakers the best team in the NBA? I'm gonna, I'll start with the first one uh, with LeBron, if you should be MVP or not. I'm with you at Giannis. I think Giannis has been so far the best player in the NBA. He's just under, He's just averaging just under 30 points a game. Almost 14 rebounds a game. Yes, the team's 41 or 53 and 12. So they have the best record barely behind. We're in front of the Lakers right now. And yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah, because Chris Middleton's a good player. He's been in the All Star game, but yeah, he's no Anthony Davis. Um, it, you say the East is weak, but they're still both having a really outstanding year. But I'm just I'm gonna go Giannis. He should win the MVP. And I don't think the Lakers are the best team. I think the Clippers are. But I think I'm going to change my pick for who's going to win the Western Conference Finals. I really think with the tragedy of, of you know, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, 
I think we're gonna see the um, I I think we're gonna see, you know the vintage LeBron when we get to the playoffs. Like I like and even right now, like he's just he's playing out of his mind. Now does he have enough? You know, can he keep playing like this until June? Because he's what thirty four or thirty three, thirty four now, LeBron. So I know he's getting up there, but um, I know they don't have enough around them. Because I I do think the Clippers are the best team in the West because they do have more pieces than um. And even on Sunday, like the one the one of the things that stood out to me too is how many how many times is Marcus Morris going to shoot zero for nine from the field? Like if he contributes nine ten points, they probably win that game. Um, because he's one of the you know he's just averaging under eighteen points. It's just one of he had one of those off days. So I think the Clippers are the best team, but right now I'm starting to think maybe you know LeBron may be able to bring this home for the Lakers. And he has a very, very good chance to. I mean, these teams more than likely are going to meet in the Western Conference Finals, and it's going to be a, probably a six or seven game series. It's going to be a great series. But just the difference for me is, and is yeah, yes, LeBron and Kawhi are close. I probably give LeBron the slight edge. Obviously, second best player, you definitely give that to Anthony Davis. But players three, four, and five, and if players three, four, and five in the Clippers are clearly better than players three, four, and five in the Lakers. So I mean, you look at player third best player in the Clippers, Lou Williams. Fourth but is better than better than proud. Lou Williams, the fourth-best player in the Clippers, Montreal Harrell. Even the fifth-best player in the Clippers, Marcus Morris, is better than probably the third-best player in the Lakers. And that I think the depth, the coaching, I'll take Doc Rivers over Frank Vogel. Depth and coaching is why, I, even though the Lakers won on Sunday, I still think the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. Yeah, no, they do. They have a ton of depth. Because um, really, the Lakers don't have that. And Avery Bradley, because I, I know we've been talking that the Lakers needed that one, that veteran guy to step up. And Avery Bradley did that Sunday with 24 points. Because they do need that. They do need somebody like that to score. Like, um, I think Kuzma gave 8 and 11, I believe, something along the lines of that. Which isn't, they need him to score a little bit more as well. Because he's their third best player. So, they, you know, he, they, they need him to. Again, 11 rebounds isn't bad, but I think they need him to score a little bit more. But, yes, I'd take Doc Rivers over um, Frank Vogel any day of the week. And that's the depth. So that's why I'm a little concerned about the Lakers because especially if it does go to the six, seven-game series, how much, you know, how much minutes is LeBron playing at Davis and all, and all that. But um, and that's why we go with the Clippers <coughs> are the better team. I just, you know uh, – I, I just see one of those, like, LeBron like LeBron just having one of those performances to lift the Lakers over the Clippers. And that very easily could happen. Yeah. So we're going to stay in the Western Conference and talk about a team that is really, really struggling right now, and that's the Houston Rockets. And, and they obviously made waves of the trading deadline, trading Clint Capella to the Hawks and started to play small ball. And it worked for a little bit, but it is starting not to work at all for this team. They have lost four in a row. And not only have they lost four in a row, three of the four have been to teams with losing records, the Knicks, the Hornets and the and the Magic and they lost the Magic on on Sunday by 20 points. This Rockets team is really struggling. And let's be honest, they lack leadership. Yeah, James yeah. Harden is a great scorer. He doesn't defend and he doesn't lead, and that is why he is clearly not a top five player in the league. I don't want to if I don't want to hear anybody argue that he's not. He, he and there's no argument for that. There's zero argument that James Harden is a top five player in the NBA. He's not top ten player, yes, because of the way he could score. He's the best scorer in the league, but he is not a top five player in this league. He, he's a, he's not a leader. And he doesn't defend, and 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 it's just showing how this showing with this Rockets team right now. They've dropped to the number six seed in the uh, in the in the Western Conference. Russell Westbrook's old team that yeah. is ahead of them right now in the Western Conference. <laughs> who would have ever thought that? Who would have ever thought yeah. it? No, not me. 
I mean, it's just it's just a it's a mess right now in Houston. This looks like a team. I mean, right now that, that more than likely is going to be one and done. I mean, the way they're playing right now, it, it is it is really really. Ter- this team, I mean, they're so inconsistent. They're, they, they'll they'll beat good teams. They'll beat the Lakers and I'll beat the Lakers on the road on the road. They'll beat the Clippers on the road. Beat the Celtics on the road. Yeah, and then they'll turn around, and lose to the Knicks, lose to the Hornets, lose to the Warriors on Christmas Day. You yeah. just can't figure this team out. No. And, and 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 they're just major issues with this team, leadership wise. Not having not and yes, I know the game is going away from bigs, but not even having one big guy who can, yeah. who can one guy who can defend a big. The the Rockets are just a complete mess right now. Yeah, it's bad. And you're matched up with the three seed and Joker and the Never Nuggets. Uh, yeah, so who would guard Joker? Uh, I can never say his name. The Joker. Joker. Yeah, yeah. Can never say his name. So yeah, you're not gonna have anybody guard him at the standing stay like this. Did you like James Harden quadruple double two on Saturday with the? Uh, Ten turnovers, so he no, the quadruple no, double. No, no, yeah, terrible. That I don't know how you ten turnovers by yourself. It's just bad. And I the uh, I, I did not like the move the minute they got rid of their uh, Clint Capella. I, I they they got out rebounded by eleven again. How do you get out rebounded by the Knicks by thirty one? It That's just makes emba- no that is, sense. That, that is an embarrassment. That it, is an absolute embarrassment. It's just it's I. I never liked this Rockets team from the start. Never thought it was going to work. And then you trade away your big guy. It's, And I know the league's turning into a three-point. It's kind of turning in. You know, everyone's trying to, you know, shooting threes. It doesn't work every single time. You need a big guy and still. And I know all these, you know, they really couldn't find a big – if they really wanted to do this, they really couldn't find a big guy that could step out, step outside and hit threes. Like, they really could not find one that's – somewhat decent it doesn't have to be a superstar uh it makes no sense why it it just doesn't I don't I never really liked D'Antonio as a coach I don't think he's a great I don't think he does a great job adjustment adjusting and uh, yeah I think James Harden lacks a lot of leadership and he needs to stop talking too yeah, mm-hmm. the comments about Giannis are ridiculous, and we could talk about small ball and Antony all day. But the major issue, and you, and and Jay Williams said it perfectly on Get Up. You just said it. This team lacks leadership. Yeah. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, their their ta- top ten talents, neither of them are leaders. And you could see with Oklahoma City. I mean, Westbrook leaves OKC. They're mm-hmm. be- They're better than the their their team. They're better than Westbrook's new team right now. They yeah. have a better record, and he leaves OK and he leaves OKC. And I think the problem is it's lack of leadership, and you cannot win championships with James Harden and Russell Westbrook as your best players. It's just as simple as that. It, and you see, you saw West, uh, that was a great move by the Thunder getting rid of Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook because they were not getting out of the first round three years in a row. They lost, he, Russell Westbrook has not won a playoff series without Kevin Dur- without Kevin Durant, and it's proving this year that he uh, he's a top ten talent, but he doesn't make guys better. Yes. He has all, gets all those triple doubles, <laughs> but he doesn't make guys yeah. that much better around him, and he's not a leader. And the same yeah. thing goes for James Harden, and that's why the Rockets are where they are. Yeah, it is. It it, it shows at thirty nine and twenty four right now, and yeah, you're coming off loss of the Magic, twenty point loss yeah. of the Magic. Let's, 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 let's reiterate that twenty, 20 point yeah. loss of the Magic. The Hornets you lost by nine on the road. It's, it's the Hornets. Uh, yeah, and you could. Yeah, I James Harden and Russell Westbrook are both top ten players. I agree with you. There, it, it, yeah, it's a leadership. It's just none of one of these two need to take control of this locker room and say, you know, but maybe I don't. I don't believe it happens behind closed doors. Maybe it does. I, but I don't think it. You know, I don't believe it. So, and until somebody steps up on this team, they, yeah, they're one and done. And look, you know, 
they're uh, seven or seven and a half up, so they're not going to drop out of the playoffs or anything here. But you could sink maybe to a seven. They very easily, they very yeah. easily could be one and done. Yeah, the Mavericks, you know, Mavericks been playing pretty well too this year. So, uh, yeah, I would not surprise me at all because yeah, they're definitely one and done. No way I see them in the semis. Yeah, they have the talent to get there, but I very, yeah. very easily, I can't. I, they, I, they're not getting past the no. Clippers, the Lakers. That's for sure. No, that, I, let's 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 just let's let's just. I, that's I, for sure. Yeah, that's I, I don't even think. Sure. I don't even think they get by the Nuggets without no, a big guy. No, no. So. Even though the Nuggets don't have a top fifteen player, they're not getting by yeah. them. They're not getting by. Better chemistry and better coaching yeah. and and better leadership. I'll take the Nuggets in in that series oh, if yeah. they play. Yeah. So, we'll, final NBA topic we'll talk about is on Saturday morning the Nets fired head coach Kenny Atkinson. In an interesting move, but as I've been reading more about it, I've been hearing Kyrie and Durant want, wanted him out. Durant didn't think the team had the the culture, the, the winning culture. Atkinson wasn't creating a winning culture with this team, a championship culture. That Durant joined <laughs> the, that culture too, but this is the NBA yeah, in 2020. Yeah. It is ran by players, and you cannot – you cannot upset Kevin Durant because if you upset <laughs> Kevin Durant, he's he's leaving. He's oh, yeah. he's get, he's he's getting out of there. And, and let me tell you, if you if you don't have Kevin Durant, you're not competing for a championship. So you have to you have to the NBA today. You got to unless the coach is Greg Popovich, you have to side with the players. And it's a players' league. Players did not did not question the direction of the team. So DeAndre Jordan, the same thing. All eight of us are questioning the direction of this team, and that's why the Nets ousted. Uh, Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, it was an interesting move. And one of the other reasons, because I do agree with you, that I've been reading about that, that the players kind of want him out. And I heard this one, too. And I think this was Jay Williams, too, that was talking about it. Or Doris Burke, actually. They, um, they were saying that he's done a great job developing players. How Like Chris LeVert. Karis LeVert? Oh, uh, yeah, Karis. I said Chris <laughs> uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was pretty much out of the league a couple years ago. But he's been unbelievable. And Joe Harris is really stepped up like he's been a great job of developing players and the interesting part is maybe that the nets don't want to develop anymore that now they do want to get that championship and they don't think that he's the guy that can get them there you know he's not one of those coaches that can get them to that level and but because i i have heard that from a, a bunch of um that's like demar carroll now he's on the uh, Raptors or Raptors or Spurs, I believe. Carroll's on, and he was like, "I don't know why, you know, I don't know how a great coach like Kenny Atkinson get fired." You know, I, a lot of people have questioned the move. I mean, yeah. Kenny Atkinson did a great job developing that team. You know, the Spencer Dinwiddie's, the Karis Levert's, the developing those players, and even probably D'Angelo Russell when yeah. he came to the Nets. But I mean, the problem is, is if you can't, if you if Durant and Kyrie can't respect you, and they're the two superstars, you're going to be gone. Yeah, that's the, that's the reality of the NBA today. It is because what Durant makes thirty million, thirty plus million a year, and Kenny Atkinson probably made what two or three million. Like, you know, and you need Durant to compete for a championship. Oh, you do. Yeah, you have to because Kyrie's not the your answer, uh, as what we've seen. But because yeah, um, even going back to last year for the Nets, nobody thought the Nets were going to make the playoffs last year, and Atkinson got in the playoffs. I know they got bounced in the first round, but and I know they each stunk last year, but still they got to the playoffs. Everyone, you no, know, nobody thought they would be able to do that last year. So he did a great job, and I think he'd fit perfectly for a young team that's trying to develop their talent, like a Phoenix or you know. Sacramento, maybe Minnesota, they can get a couple more younger pieces. Like I think he'd fit great with a team that's trying to develop a couple guys. Because I, you know, it seems like that he's really, really good at that. 
Absolutely. But, you know, in the NBA today, yeah. it doesn't matter if you if the coach is, is – what kind of coach he is. If you can't get the respect of your star players, you will not be the coach of that team. No, you won't. It's just, you know, it's money. You know, these exactly. guys are making here – you know, players making this and coaches are way down here. Exactly, exactly. Going to shift over to the NFL and 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 the the deadline yesterday was pushed back to uh, for the players to vote on the new CBA from Thursday to Saturday. So at eleven fifty nine on Saturday, the players now have now uh, have to vote on the new CBA. Which I, I've heard a lot of rumors out there that the players are going to vote yes. Most of the players are going to vote yes on this new deal with the you know the seventeen game schedule and the. Uh, Two added wild card teams, which will go into effect this season if 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 the new CBA is approved on Saturday. So those two new wild card teams, the fourteen team playoffs, will uh be a, will will go into effect in two thousand twenty if the players uh up, uh say yes to the new deal. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think the players are going to say yes. I think we're going to have a deal done by su- by Sunday morning. I think we're going to have an approved new CBA and. I, Hey, but but there's still there's still people that don't think play, certain players some players don't want to approve this new deal. But I think most of the players are going to. And I think we're going to have a new. C, I think it's safe to say we're going to have a new CBA. The only thing though that could affect if if they, if they don't move the franchise tag tag deadline back, which is on which is on Thursday, the only thing that could affect it is that for the first time because the is the last year of this uh, new collective bargaining agreement. You could use two tags. You could use the franchise tag and the transition tag. And this could really affect the Dallas Cowboys because they have two huge free agents with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. They could use the franchise tag on Dak and the transition tag on Amari Cooper because you couldn't do that the previous nine years. All you could use is one tag, tag, either the franchise tag or the transition tag. Now, this year, for the first time, you can use both tags on both those players. You could use the franchise tag on Dak and you could use the transition tag on Amari Cooper. So this this move, if they don't push – I'm a little surprised they haven't pushed the – Deadline of franchise tags back till maybe Saturday, but if they keep the deadline for franchise tags on Thursday, this could really fit work in the Dallas Cowboys. This could really benefit the Cowboys. Yeah, it definitely could, and um, I think they are going to vote yes to the CBA. I think it'll go through, but you know, and I heard the rumor about the Cowboys. They offered uh, Dak Prescott the hundred million, uh, hundred or hundred million dollars contract or whatever. Um. If he really declined that, why would you even want to keep this guy? Uh, Justin, 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 look, Justin. Is he worth it? Uh, Justin, Justin. I mean, he's still a t- – I mean, yes. Is, is, is Dak a great quarterback? No. But is he – with the right pieces around him, I know it's tough to win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones as your general manager. Yes. But with the right pieces around him, he is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm a, I don't, can't stand the Cowboys, but I'll admit that. He is good enough to win a Super Bowl with the right pieces around him. So – I, I, if he gets a contract, if he I, I, honestly, I would give him a five year, I would give him a five year, one hundred sixty five million dollar deal, thirty three million a year. I would give him that deal. Now he might, he's probably going to get thirty six to thirty seven million now. Seeing, seeing where, and, and yes, is he Russell Wilson? No, but he's next up to get that deal, and and it's just the way it works now with quarterbacks and the way the market works. Where yes, is he as good as 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 Russell Wilson? Or absolutely not. But the way it is now. He, and the way quarterbacks are getting paid, it's his it's it's his turn, and he's and he's gonna get paid, he's gonna get his money. So, yes, is he a great quarterback? Absolutely not. But is he good enough to get to get paid? Is he good enough to get paid thirty three? I, I would go under thirty five. Is he good enough to get paid thirty three million a year with the quarterback market today? Yes. I, I mean, I know you disagree, but yes, he's he's good enough. 
I get, you know, and I know, yeah, it's the quarterbacks are key getting the big money. He just hasn't shown me that he could step up in a big game yet. Now, maybe, you know, with the new coach, too, and, you know, maybe now without Jason Garrett and he had McCarthy, maybe, maybe that comes out this season. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around Dak Prescott getting $33 million. Cause it's like he, when's the last time he's beating a team over 500? When's the last time he's actually done something like that? Like, yeah, it's been a couple years. It was the I think the playoffs, the wild card. He did win a playoff game, that wild card game against the Seahawks. But Ezekiel Elliott went for over 100. Yeah. He had 140 yards rushing. That really helped. But I'm just. But I think he last year. Yes. Did he beat? Did he beat a lot of bad teams last year? Yes. And he, did he put up a lot of good, really good oh, stats yeah. against bad teams? Yes. But if you look at his numbers last year, and you look at the way he played last year, he threw the ball down the field. He was actually. That was actually the best I have seen of Dak. I mean, yes, I'm not saying Dak's a great quarterback, but it was the best I've seen of Dak Prescott in his career because the defense wasn't as good last year for the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys obviously had coaching issues. They had some dysfunction on that team last year. And, I mean, it's Amari Cooper, uh, a great receiver. No, he's a very good receiver, and the Cowboys did have a lot of drops last year. So, yes, am I the biggest Dak Prescott fan? No, but do I think he should get – a, a con- should get is he a franchise? But is is he a franchise quarterback? Should he get thirty million a year? Absolutely, and 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 that's why I think the Cowboys should get this deal done as soon as possible. Because yes, he a great quarterback. No, but I think he is their franchise quarterback. It seems like you know they're gonna pay him. I just think he should be getting more down the line of like a twenty five ish, twenty six. Because but I understand the new age of all these quarterback getting all the money. I just I still haven't. You know he was better this year. I you know I. Especially yes, against the bad teams. I just need to see a performance like that against a good team, like a, you know, in a big game. Because yeah, that Seahawks game, they better run first, and he kind of carried them. I just need to see it from him, you know, against like a. Uh, I'm trying to. Um, like, uh, like, like if he would have won that Eagles game, that game to, to win the division. Yeah. Or if he would have won that Minnesota game on Sunday Night Football. I mean, there just were – and there were a lot of opportunities. He had the ball – and it's, you could look at countless examples where he had the ball in his hands late in the game and didn't deliver last year. So you have a point. I mean, the, the New Orleans game, he couldn't get them into field goal range. They lose that game 12-10. The, the, uh, the Jet game, he couldn't convert on the two-point conversion. Then you, then you, go, you go to the Viking game. Yes – it was a terrible play call by Jason Garrett mm-hmm. to run the ball on that on that third down when when Dak was taking them down the field. It was a terrible play call, but on that fourth down he didn't convert there. So you you could look at that the Patriot game he couldn't get his he couldn't get them down the field and, and oh he couldn't get them down the field for the winning touchdown. You you look at uh, and you look at that Philadelphia game he overthrew guys he, he missed throws. So you're definitely right you're definitely right about that. Dak is is not probably worth all that money but the way yeah. quarterbacks are getting paid he's good enough to get all that money yeah I, yeah and i yeah i understand that I, you know it's never i'm kind of a maybe this is why i'm a patriot fan too build around just you know like just don't give all the quarterback the whole money just yeah. give it because i'm i'm gonna be you know i know Mahomes to get 45 50 off season i'm just gonna be like well yeah yeah, you, you you agree with Trevor Keys there, where he's not that great of a quarterback and he shouldn't get that kind of money. Yeah. You're more about the team. I'm yeah. more about you. Got to pay your quarterback as much as possible because without that player, you don't have a chance to compete. No, That's you, the problem. You don't. Now, I think maybe this year in the draft are some decent quarterbacks. You know, maybe even next year there's a couple coming out. But you know, again, again, I just it's it's tough to see me walk see him getting 33 because it's just what are some of these other quarterbacks behind him gonna get that oh they're gonna get they're gonna get my home is getting at least 40 million yeah it's insane 
Uh, you know, because it's like, how do you pay for everybody else? I know the Cowboys have one of the highest payrolls, but still, it's like it's a salary. There's still a salary. Still, yeah, still, yeah. They still have a salary cap, though. Yeah. So I, because I know then you're not resigning Byron Jones or Amari Cooper. Oh, they're gonna. They're well, they probably gonna resign one. Cooper. They're not gonna yeah, resign not Byron, Byron Jones. Jones. But it's just more of just. You know, like, how do you build a team? I know, but the quarterback all the money you want to explain that. To, you want to explain that to Dak's agent. He's going to want <laughs> yeah, to get all the money he possibly can get. I yeah. mean, and, and Jerry, in a way, wants to give Dak that that huge contract to say he's he he's, he he paid Dak all that money. So he, yeah, he better deliver because cowboy. You know, because because you know, I, there's some Cowboys fans I know probably you know aren't the biggest Dak fans either. So. You don't deliver, but, you know, and I know most Cowboy fans already want Jerry Jones' head, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> They want yeah. it even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, moving on to another quarterback and, and another another very popular team and your favorite team. So, it's been a little bit quiet so far this week in terms of Brady rumors, but I still, I'm still standing to my point, which I've stood by ever since they lost that playoff game to, to this team in the first round that Tom Brady's going to sign with the Tennessee Titans, I just think. Everything works with Mike with Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, the GM. He used to be in New England. He played with Mike Vrabel. I think everything kind of works out that he is going to play for the Tennessee Titans. But also, we're here, you're hearing rumors about the 49ers. He might sign with the 49ers. And let me tell you, if he does sign with the Niners, that is the greatest thing for the Patriots because then the 49ers will probably trade Jimmy Garoppolo back to the New England Patriots. And now you got you got your franchise quarterback back on your team the guy Belichick originally yeah. wanted so if that ends up you got to be if you're if, the, if, the, if Brady doesn't go back to New England you got to be hoping for the for Brady to sign with the Niners because if he signs with any other team you're going to be looking for that quarterback but if he signs with the Niners Jimmy Garoppolo will become available and he very easily could get traded back to the Patriots yeah I, that's the move that if it does happen that's what I want to see my heart tells me it's coming back to Patriots my head tells me it's probably gonna be Tennessee but I you know as a Patriot fan, I'm hoping he returns because it's, again, it's just, I can't imagine Brady in another uniform besides the Patriots. I just, I try to picture my head and I can't, I just don't, it just doesn't work. Um, but the, it would be the best because we're a week away from that, I know, happening. But for the, because I know Belichick always wanted Garoppolo and, and which, again, you know, I liked him when he was a New England. He's been pretty good. I know, you know, he kind of – I know he had a great chance to win that Super Bowl, and, you know, he kind of say he cost the Niners the Super Bowl. He pretty much kind of did. Which is not true because well, they're not even in the Super Bowl without yeah, him. I mean, yeah. they, don't win, they don't win the New Orleans game without him. They don't win that Rams game in Week 16 without him. Uh, they, 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 then he had another fourth quarter comeback against the Cardinals mm-hmm. in the middle of the season too. So he had three comebacks where the team was down by two, score, two scores – in the second half and they won all those games so you can't sit there and tell me that oh without jimmy g they would have they they wouldn't with, with they don't need jimmy g come on now dude he's a top 10 quarterback in the league he's he's brought the team back in the fourth quarter three times to win games last year yes just because he threw eight passes in the in the nfc championship because they were running the ball down green bay's they, throat yeah, was, it doesn't that mean that jimmy garoppolo is not a good quarterback no, I, he's, he's a top 10 quarterback in this league and i, and I don't want to hear that oh the niners one to spike got the Super Bowl to spike Garoppolo. Look at the 49ers win loss record with and without Jimmy G since Kyle Shanahan has been there. It's staggering. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, he, he's been good. I, I kind of just with the Super Bowl, I met with the intersect because he did have a couple of bad passes in the Super Bowl. That's all I kind of meant by it. like, yeah, no, he has had a great year. He's been great. I definitely put him in the top ten quarterbacks, um, especially you know 
because the running game, I think, helped them out all year with the way they were able to run the ball. It just opened everything up for them. Yeah, that would be the move I would want to see the Patriots make if if it has to. I you know I don't know how strongly the Niners are actually committed to it to doing this. It's because I know it's not even that big of a cap hit they hit either. The Niners, I think it's only like four or five because million because a lot of that contract was yeah. front loaded because they gave Garoppolo a lot of his money early. So if he wasn't as good, they they could get out of that. Con- they could they could end up releasing him, but he's been really good. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening. If they don't get Brady, they'll obviously keep him. Yeah. But yeah, that, that contract was front loaded. So the contract was very team friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And it, you know, it was smart by the night to do that to the cakes, especially coming off the ACL injury. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's it definitely interesting. I don't know. If, I don't, I don't know if they're actually going to do it or not. They'll do give it a shot. I know Brady would probably love to go back home, which also kind of makes me a little bit scared because I know that's been his franchise team ever since he's been a you know a kid. It does concern me a little bit, but it's a very interesting move. I you know I, I you know I I still believe in my heart that he'll come back to New England. My head's saying differently, but you know I can't believe that's only a week away. It's going to be a long week for people in Boston. It's going to be crazy. you got that in March Madness next yeah. week. It's going to be crazy. It's a crazy sports week next week. But we look at some of the other guys, and this is the week, the, the deadline to give franchise tag, to to, uh, to designate the franchise tag is Thursday. And you look at the – we know some, a lot of the players are probably going to get the franchise tag. The only new one is Derrick Henry. If they don't come up with a long-term deal, they'll give him, the Titans will give him the franchise tag. A.J. Green's going to get the franchise tag. Shaq Barrett's going to get the franchise tag. Yannick Ndakwe, but he'll get traded. It'll be like a D Ford or a Frank Clark from last year. Uh, and uh, Chris Jones got the franchise tag. But a couple, you know, key interesting free agents that are going to be out there. And a couple of tackles are going to be out there. You got Trent Williams. The Redskins are going to – he's now got permission from the Redskins to seek a, seek a trade. And this is the most puzzling thing. If you were the Redskins, <laughs> why don't you just get rid of this guy at the trade deadline yeah, last year? You could have got so much more value yeah. for him. Now you're probably going to get a second or maybe a third-round pick for him. You, you, you could have easily got a first-round pick. Say, say, say you traded Trent Williams to the Patriots. You could have gotten a first-round oh, yeah. pick for him last year. We traded a second for Mohamed Sanu. I know. The <laughs> Patriots would have traded a first-round pick because you know their tackle situation last year was not good at all. And, and they, could, they could have gotten a first-round pick for Trent Williams. Now you're going to get a second or a, th- or, a th- or a third. You may not even get a second-round pick for him now. The Redskins completely botched this. They completely handled this yeah. Trent Williams situation absolutely, ter- ter- absolutely ter- terrible. They, were t- they couldn't have handled it worse. And that's why Bruce Allen's out of a job because he, was absolutely, he, couldn't, he handled the situation poorly. Trent Williams wanted out of there. He should have just gotten rid of him. And now they're going to trade him. And it's just, they, they handled that situation so poorly. And the Eagles are going to let uh, Jason Peters test free agency, too. I don't know how much how, how much money he's going to get because he is he is 36, 37, and he's getting old, and his play has declined over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I'll start with Trent Williams. It just it it's the most redskin thing to do. It's exactly the most redskin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, I don't understand the Redskins. Uh, you know, I I feel bad for Redskins fans. <laughs> they they are yeah, that organization just another big mess. Um, but again, you know that will. Definitely help out a team that needs a tackle. Um, and Jason Peters, yeah, it's um, that thirty six, thirty seven. Plays the client. I don't know how much money he'll get. It may be better for the Eagles, maybe just to let him walk. Maybe you know, if it's a lot of money, if somebody does offer him a ton, um, it, it's probably better for the Eagles. Maybe just let him walk. Um, but it, 
but it's interesting to see what's gonna happen there. I you know I I probably I I think he'll probably leave. I don't know if he'll come. I don't you know I would not be shocked if Jason Peters or Mark leads uh, Philly. Oh yeah, yeah, not not at all. And obviously yeah. they, they drafted Andre Dillard last year, probably to be the next the, yeah. the, the next guy. Or do they move Lane Johnson over to the left side, or do they keep Lane Johnson on the right side and uh, keep and move and have Dillard play left tackle? So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But we got breaking news, and uh, Marshall Yanda, the uh, right guard for the Ravens, uh, All Pro right guard, has announced his retirement, and that that's that's big. That, mm. that, that that's going to be interesting because. A lot of what the Ravens do is in that run game, and he's a really good run blocker. Even though I'm not, you know me, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, right now, I'm not the biggest fan of the offensive line. But I understand. I don't think it's as impactful as it once was. But it's still, you still need to have a decent offensive line to be a, to be a great team. And I think losing Yonda could hurt the Ravens a little bit there, especially in that run game, which is their bread and butter. Because oh, yeah. as good as Lamar Jackson is, he was the MVP last year. He's never won a game when he's trailed by two scores in his entire career. So. Yes, lose, losing Yonda could definitely could definitely hurt them. And, uh, you know, it could definitely hurt that running game with Mark Ingram. And that's the Ravens' bread and butter. So, Yonda retires. That opens up definitely a hole for the Ravens on their offensive line. Yeah, it does. Because now, especially, I'm kind of thinking of it this way, too. Now you have um, a ton of, or now every coach that's going to be prepping for him next year kind of figures out, okay, what would they do? New schemes defensively try to stop these guys. And you kind of lose a very a very good guard, a veteran guard. We kind of help that line out, figure out some of the where the blitzes are coming. You know, pick up you know the linebacker. What you, and the, you know because you coach offensive line. Yeah, I you know I did a little. I did you know mighty like seven yeah, and eight. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, not really like guys are you know scheming up something special here, but um, it's you know I I think it's definitely could be a huge loss just losing behind that veteran guy on the line because yeah they really need. Um, with the way they run kind of the football and now the whole offseason, your coaches figure out Harbaugh's strategy here to, of how they kind of used uh, Lamar Jackson here in this offense. You know, how does that, you know, help out losing, a, losing a, you know, one of your best offensive linemen? It could really hurt this Ravens team. If they don't find – if they don't find – it it could, but I don't I think don't it will hurt them that much. Yeah, but it'll be yeah, the difference yeah. with them, like maybe beating a Kansas City in the AFC Championship game or not. I mean, it's not going to hurt them completely, yeah. but it, it, it's still they'll still have Lamar, they'll still have Mark Ingram, and they'll still have a pretty good defense. They still got John Harbaugh co- coaching that team, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying it's going to completely hurt them, no, but, but you know, it definitely is a factor that could could lead to them, you know, getting the Super Bowl or not getting the Super Bowl. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see what ends up happening there. So we'll wrap up the NFL news talking about uh, Josh Norman, who signs a one-year $6 million deal with the Bills. Uh, Josh Norman's play really fell off last year. He had a really rough season for the Redskins. But now he won't be the number one corner because we know Tredavious White's going to be. And he played, he's back with his defensive coordinator who helped him yeah. become the player he was in Sean McDermott because Josh Norman was like a fourth-round pick from Coastal Carolina. He wasn't expected to be a great player. Burst onto the scene, burst onto the scene in 2015. Uh, and then obviously the, the I remember the Panthers gave him that franchise tag, and then Gettleman <laughs> withdrew the franchise tag. He ended up signing with the Redskins. That that, that led to Gettleman's demise because all we all remember the the game when uh, Julio Jones went for 300 yards, and you knew at that point yep. Dave Gettleman was was done. So yeah, I mean so so the. Uh, the pan- so the Bills signed signed a Josh Norman. This could definitely it's definitely going to help that defense having a number if having him as the number two corner instead of the number one corner. But you're you're not getting the same player no. you, uh, that you got in 2015 in Carolina. Oh yeah, you're not. But it, it definitely could help 
having Sean McDermott back, kind of under helping him out and being a number two cornerback, you know, again, I think he's still got a couple good years left in him. I would not be surprised because it, it is crazy to see how far he fell off of Washington. It's just, you know, I totally forgot he was there because he, he was definitely, definitely not the same anymore. Um, the fourth rounder, because Coastal was back uh, one double A even at that point too, so he wasn't even playing like an FBS school either. You know, he was on the FCS level, so he never really didn't get you know. A, so I never really saw him in college at all. But Brown, he he really burst on this as a fourth round pick. It'd be able to call him one of the best corners at his, you know back two out of fifteen probably was you know him and Sherman are right there as the top corners in the league, and it's. Been crazy how far he's been able to fall off, but one year, six million, it's like, and if you, he has a decent year, you sign him back for another couple more years, and he could really help out kind of a younger Buffalo defense, too, to kind of be a veteran guy in that locker room who, you know, quite frankly, depending on what happens with Braden or not, could be the favorite in the AFC East this year, depending on what happens. Oh, absolutely. Patriots, I so. think I think if uh, if Brady leaves the Patriots, they are the favorite because they have the bet. They'll have they'll have Sean McDermott, who out of the, the other two teams is clearly the best coach you have josh allen who yes has outplayed sam darnold so far you have you know devin singletary is a pretty good running back john ross is a bad receiver they got to improve the offensive line a little bit that struggled last year but you got a defense that is a top yeah. five defense in the league with uh with uh tremaine edmonds uh uh tredavis white ed oliver jerry hughes so you have a top five defense in the league so i definitely think if the uh if the patriots lose brady they're the favorite in the afc east and even if brady comes back the Patriots and Bills are pretty close oh, yeah. because you remember last year those were the, the Bills lost two one score games to the Patriots and made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they did. They should have, you know, they they, you know, they went to Fiberall week sixteen and you know gave the Patriots all they could handle. I know the um, the first time they played Buffalo early in the season, Allen had a rough one with the three interceptions again. He doesn't turn the ball over. I think the Patriots scored like they had a pick six. They scored most of the points off of the turnovers. So. They probably would have won that game if they were able to hang on if Allen did not throw three interceptions. So, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think the Buffalo could sneak up on New England if Brady even says and wins the, wins the division. Would not, you know, surprise me, depending. If the Patriots offense stays the way it is right now, because as we know, it's not great. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've gotten to the point that Justin's been waiting for in the show, and we're going to talk – we're going to really, really talk about a lot of college basketball today. And we're going to start with – who the number one seeds are going to be? Selection Sunday is less than a week away, and we're going to start with who the number one seeds, who, who Justin thinks the number one seeds are going to be. And uh, right now, Joe Lenardi has it. He has Kansas, Dayton, Baylor, and Gonzaga, and that's pretty self-explanatory in terms of number one seeds. Yeah. Is there is there any way that could be different come Selection Sunday if if one of them loses? Um, it's interesting because with San Diego State losing and they're off all week. The only maybe way, I don't even think it would happen, but I would say maybe Baylor. Because I think if Gonzaga loses St. Mary's tonight, it's, I wouldn't say it's a bad loss. Baylor, as a two, would lose that you think either TCU, I believe, or it would be like Iowa State or um, TCU, I believe, is a 7-10. Like that would be like a quad three loss. Because they, they, they've lost now three of the last five. They're struggling down the stretch. I would probably put Baylor right now. I think they... I know people have not watched a ton of Dayton. No, I, this, I really haven't, no. This team gave Kansas all they could handle out in, Day, uh, out in Maui. This team lost OT against Colorado. 
Obi Tom, I think Obi Tom is the best player in college basketball. He very easily could be the player of the year. I definitely agree with you there. I love this Dayton team. I think they could make the run. I think they're the. I this is my four right now for the one seed. One's Kansas, two Gonzaga, three Dayton, four Baylor. Just because Baylor's really falling off, and I really like. I know Dayton. They showed for a while then like George uh, George Washington, but they went on like a twenty zero run, and they, you know, it made the score look worse than it was. It George Washington gave them all they can handle, but so, I'd go Dayton as a three. I'd go Baylor four because I don't like the way they're playing. You no, know, Baylor. And if, if there's a way Baylor, because there is there a way if say Baylor doesn't get to the Big Twelve championship game, is there and Florida State wins the ACC, is there a way Florida State get the one of the number one seats? I did forget them. Yes, um, I think Florida State they run the table in the ACC. I know the ACC is not great as it usually is. But as the one you would play, if it worked out, you get Duke, you play Duke. And that's one of the games that they lost on the road. So you've been kind of that loss. And then you'd either, now again, this is if all top four teams, all top four seeds make the ACC semifinals, you'd either get Louisville or Virginia, which is another quality win, with the, especially with the way Virginia's played right now. So there's two quality wins right there. So I believe if they win this thing, if they win the ACC and Baylor kind of lose another one. I think Florida State definitely sneaks in there and gets that fourth overall one seed. Yeah, that very easily could, could end up happening. So we're going to preview some of the conference tournaments, and we're going to start with the uh, most uh, competitive conference in college basketball this year. Right now, they've currently Joe Lenardi currently has 10 of those teams in the tournament, and that is the Big Ten, and it is so competitive. Wisconsin's mm. the surprise being the number one seed. That, that, they're definitely a surprise there. Uh, obviously, you got uh, Michigan State, the number two seed. They've been playing really well. They've been they've been the hot team. They've they're probably the yeah. team from the Big Ten has the best chance of winning at all this year. They I mean they're, they're they were in the Final Four last year, and and they got one of the best players in the country in Cassius Winston. So that they definitely have one of the best chances to win at all. You got Maryland as the three seed. Uh, Illinois the four. That's a surprise there too. Mm. Even though they they have a couple pretty good play, they have a good freshman inside. They got a pretty good guard as well. Yeah. Uh, Iowa with the Big Ten Player of the Year, Luka Garza the five seed. Penn State the six. So when I look at this tournament though. I'm gonna go with the best in, in, in the championship. I'm gonna go with the best team, Michigan State, beating the best player in the conference in Luca Garza and Iowa. So I'm gonna go Michigan State over Iowa in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, it, it, this one's tough. I'm gonna go Michigan State as a two. Um, I think I know this is kind of chalk, but I really like the way Wisconsin's playing. Wisconsin's starting to come on. Now, this is the crazy thing about Wisconsin. Is they did not have one player selected first team or second team all. Conference. No, they had, but they had two selected th third team, third yeah, third team, yeah. But the, then that's never really happens for a conference championship win. I know they kind of they they yeah, tied, but the, and that's why I don't have a ton of confidence in them winning the tournament. Because winning the tournament because they don't have that great player. They don't, but they have a lot of good, and they even lost their best scorer, Kobe um, King, who left the transfer to Nebraska. So they lost their best score back in January. Why would he transfer to Nebraska? Um, That's the, something that makes happened. no sense. There, yeah. there was a um, um, what the trainer said a racial thing. Oh, okay, at him, okay, I okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah now um, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe something along those lines. So, and they've kind of looked better since. They're not as good as they usually are defensively. They're still good. They're still only giving up about 62, 63 points a game. But I think they're a little bit better at shooting the basketball this year. And I think I and I really like the way they're playing. I but I think Michigan State's gonna be able to get over the top. Can they have that third guy step up with Winston and uh, Tillman right now? 
Yeah, yeah, we'll def- we'll definitely see. Yeah, Winston. Yeah, Tillman was was uh, voted second team uh, All Conference, and uh, Winston was obviously voted first team All Conference. He'll be an All American too. Oh yeah, him and Garza will definitely be All Americans. Oh yeah. So we go to the uh, obviously the ACC, and this is one of the weakest ACC in years. The mm-hmm. fact Virginia lost all these players and ended up getting the number two seed shows you how weak the ACC is. They only right now I think have five teams in the entire in the in four teams. Four. four, no five because I think NC State is they, uh, they're, they're, bar- they're barely in yet. Okay. So they got f- four teams that are definitely going to be in, but then you got five teams that have a chance to get in, and the rest really I think the rest of those teams have to win their conference yeah. tournament. I mean that's I mean look a leak of. A league of fifteen teams, and you only have five that are going to make that are probably going to make the NCAA tournament. That's this is one of the worst ACC. Can you remember an ACC being this poor? No, it's been a while. Yeah, and it's not like this. This is and this is also a year where like Duke, Duke and North Duke is way down. They're not way down. Not they're way, down. They're, but yeah. North Carolina is way down. But Duke Duke is definitely down. You knew Virginia was going to be down, but they're in, in yeah. second. And uh, Louisville, this is probably with Nora one of their years, but really, who's their second best player? Stephen Enoch, recruited by Kevin Ollie, who couldn't, who can't, re- who was one of the worst recruiters ever. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> his league years, yes, 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 yes. I mean, come on now, Stephen e- Stephen Enoch. Is he was top hundred though, Enoch. He was uh, Gatorade Player of the Year. Yeah, was, but uh, uh, come on, he's not. He's not. He's not. A, he's good. He's not. He's he good. didn't even make a conference in the ACC uh-huh. this year, and that's and that's saying <laughs> something. So uh, and then you look at. Uh, the who's in the number one seed, and that's Florida State. Who, who it's a, a typical Florida State team, a good team, but does not have a great player on. It. That's a, they're just a typical that Florida State's just typical what they pretty much are every year, and that's why they're the number one seed this year because the ACC is way down. Mm-hmm. But in this tournament, I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go with the Player of the Year, Trey Jones and uh and and Vernon Carey to beat Jordan Nora and Louisville, and I got Duke beating Louisville in the championship. Um, for me right now, I have do, I think, I think Florida State gets in, I'm going to over, um, I don't know, I'm going to, I got, um, I have Louisville winning at the moment. The problem, you know, I have, I have Louisville right now. The thing that bothers me about Louisville is when times get tough for Jordan Aurora and things are not going his way, he's a guy that panics and he gets frustrated really, really easily. And with him being a senior, that all it it turns into a toxic mess, because they do not play well when he's not playing well. Because yes, Enoch does not step up. I thought McMahon would play better this year. He really hasn't. I thought somebody would be able to step up, and nobody really has. Actually, the way I'm talking, I'm gonna go Virginia. Virginia beats Duke. Actually, I don't like Louisville. I didn't want to go chalk again, though. But I get. I love the way Virginia's playing. I, they can't score the ball. Yeah, but they won a lot of like last second games at home. I, I just think when they get, you get them on the road on a neutral site and they've lost, they lost. I mean, you lose DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, Ty uh, Jerome. Ty Jerome. You lose all that you lost from last year. I like Tony Men's a great coach, but yeah. when you lose all you lost from last year, I just can't see them. I, I think they lose in the semis to Lou. I think they get to the semis and lose to Louisville because they don't have a player uh, that's on uh, Jordan Norris level. Even though they got the better coach, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won. They don't have a player on Jordan Norris level. No, they don't. But I think the way they play defense, you're going to neutral site with a team that doesn't. Doesn't play at the Green, uh, the um, where I think they're Green Brothers. Yeah, they don't, that doesn't play there. You're, you know, that neutral site, not knowing, not knowing kind of the rims or you know, kind of the arena. Not used to it. I think they could win. I think they could go run the table. The thing is though, if they do get Duke in the finals, that's gonna be a road game for them. That's that's the thing I'm a little bit scared of. But they can slow down Duke and stop them in um, 
the transition game from the fast breaks. That's why I think they have a good chance. Jack's, um, I don't, yeah, I think it's Jack's. So it's really stepped up this year. Or no, I mean, Jay Hoff. I was thinking that last year's center. Jay Hoff's been, he had a great game the last time. He had 10 blocks against Duke. Um, so I, I think Virginia could be able to do it. A team to watch out for, though, I really, I nor did Dane right now. I know they just lost a ton of And they had a kid, who, a kid who made John first team, John Mooney, who made first team all conference. I think he's got the best rebound in the country. I love the way a guy gets after it on the boards. He's averaged like 12 or 13. Yeah, Notre Dame really hasn't been on my radar this year. But they yeah. had, there's seven. I think they, they were taught on the bubble conversation. They lost by two at home to Florida State and then went and lost by 10 to Wake Forest, which really hurt. That was at Wake? Yeah, at Wake. So that's kind of a bad loss right there and it knocked them right out of consideration. But they're going to have to win the tournament, of course. But I would not be shocked that they're the seven, so they would be matched up with Virginia. Not be surprised that they make a run here. Uh, you know, even though I know I just pay Virginia, but would not surprise me to see maybe Mike Bracey make a run here. Big East tournament should be very interesting this week at the Garden. I mean, you look at you know, the top, you look at Creighton being the top, uh, being the top seat, but they lost one of their best players. Uh, you look at you know, obviously Villanova, you get the potential of Villanova Seton Hall on a fr- on Friday night. The Garden could be if that uh, becomes be a game, well. the Garden will be rocking. I'll be in, in, in at be, the Garden for that. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for that because I want I want the Garden to be rocking for that game. Uh, you look at uh, Butler and Providence. Uh, Providence has been playing really well. Butler uh, Baldwin had a great game on uh, Saturday. on Saturday on Saturday, and then you look at Marquette. They're pretty much in the tournament, but they. It's still, it's not, bit. it's not, they're not in for sure. And then you look at Xavier, who we'll talk about a little bit later on the show. We do our in and out segment. They're, they're, they're on the bubble right now. And they're, they, they do get a, they do, they do play DePaul in the first round, which they'll probably win, but then they got to, they, they play Villanova and that's going to be a big game on Thursday. So Thursday at the garden could be a really, really interesting day. But for this tournament, because Creighton's best player is out and I like the way Providence is playing, I'm going to take Providence to get to the final and I'm going to take Villanova to get to the final. And I got Jay Wright win another, another big East title. Villanova over Providence. Yeah, I'm going to go with Providence right now. To Providence and Villanova. Seeing Hall really strolled here down the stretch going 5-5. Five and five. Um, it, You know, I think this team's really going to turn it on in the tournament, you know, I would think. But the more and more I've been kind of watching Powell, he takes some really bad shots at times. And, again, he's a great shooter. Or, well, and I that's why, great, and that's and that's probably why he's down. not up there on yeah. NBA mock drafts because you can't do that in the NBA. No, you can't. He takes some bad shots, and his percentage is really taking a hit right now. Um, again, because like McKnight's been good in that um, Sandro, um, well, uh, I think they call him Muhammad or um, starts with the, an M. Yeah, yeah. starts with an M. I not even able to pronounce his name. Um, he's been you know he's been good this year too. I just Villanova Seton Hall is gonna be a great to my final matchup. Um, I just think Jay Wright's going to be able to get the best of Seton Hall. I think they're going to figure out a way to slow down Miles Powell and those Pirates. Thursday night's game should be interesting. You know, um, Very interesting. Yeah, if it's Xavier, Nova, and uh, uh, Marquette and uh, Seton Hall, with Marquette, Seton Hall, you got two of the top scorers in the yeah, country. Yeah, that you know that that would be a fun one watching Howard and Powell go at it one more time because. Marquette struggled just like they did last year at this time. They really fell off, and as we saw, Murray State got them last year in the uh, tournament, the five twelve game. So Marquette, yeah, I think they're strong, but I think um, it, this should that be a fun one. And Baldwin, Baldwin too. The more and more, for some reason, he thinks now Saturday he did a much, he did a little bit better, Jack. Well, he did score thirty seven six points, but he tries to put the team on his shoulders too much. 
I, I, I feel like for Baldwin right now. You know, I think he needs to try to get somebody else involved with him because he's he shot the ball pretty well Saturday night, but the last few weeks he really hasn't, and I think it's kind of affected the whole team because he's not trying to get somebody else involved. It should be interesting to kind of see what they – because you're playing a red-hot Providence team. I would not want to face these guys right now. Um, Equally is doing a good job with those Friday because after the non-conference where I think Florida beat them down by 30, Texas, that's the URI. They're, you know, Providence is one of the – Hottest teams in the country right now. I would not want to play them. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, we'll go to the Big 12. And, yes, I mean, we know the two top teams. It's going to be chalk for me. Even though I think that Kansas has definitely – if, if a team's going to get upset and you're going to see another team there, it would be Kansas playing probably the field in the, in the final because I, I think Kansas is getting to the final. But Baylor has struggled, lost three of their last four. They're starting to get exposed a little bit. Not a great scoring team, even though – all five of their starters didn't make all-conference. I mean, that's mm. pretty crazy. But they don't – that shows you they have, a, they have a deep team, but they don't have a play, players like yeah. Dotson and Azabuki. And I think this is pretty obvious what the, what the final is going to be. I think Kansas is the best team in the country. They right now are my pick to win it all. I don't even have my other three Final Four teams, <laughs> but I know Kansas is my pick to win it all. I got Kansas beating Baylor in the Big 12 final. I don't have my team yet to win it. I'm still deciding. I'm, I'm waiting until next Sunday night. When the brackets come out, I'll, I'll then kind of figure that out. But, yeah, I think – because the interesting thing is, too, this is played in Kansas City. So it's going to be 80% Jayhawk fans to, you know, 20% everybody else right now. Because I usually can't State bring some fans, but now they're the 10 seed, so they're not bringing anybody this year. I think West Virginia is going to get to the finals, though. I like – um only worry for me is is usually you know West Virginia Steve they're usually with their guards they don't have that to share. They have the big man. Yeah, they yeah. have the big man Oscar uh, to Wiseby or something like that. I you know, um, so they don't press this year, but they still force you to for, make you know they still force you into a lot of turnovers. And I let you know I think Huggy gets his team going to be a good one against Oklahoma or yeah that three six matchup should be a good one. Thir- um, believe Thursday yeah Thursday. That should be a good one. I think the winner of that game, West Virginia Oklahoma, knocks off Bale in the semis, and I think that they'll play Saturday in the championship game. So, but I think West Virginia gets the best of Oklahoma. Austin Reed for Oklahoma, forty-one on Saturday, helped a huge comeback to keep Oklahoma right now for now in the um, tournament. But I think West Virginia get the best of them. Baylor, I'm a little worried about Texas. Texas Tech could definitely be a playing game Thursday. That should be a fun one. That that's. That's probably the most anticipated. That could be one of the most anticipated games on Thursday during Championship Week. That's that's a big one. Definitely a playing game. Absolutely, one of those two yeah, teams. absolutely. So we'll go to the SEC, and I'm and you know the SEC another conference this week this year. They might have. I think. I think they got Florida. They got LS, Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, and LSU in the tournament right yeah. now. Mississippi State and South Carolina have a chance. But I'm going chalk here. I'm going John Calipari's team to beat Bruce Pearl's team. I'm going Kentucky over Auburn. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Kentucky, and I'll go LSU at that three. I did like Florida, but Kerry Blackshear, their big guy, is questionable with a wrist injury, so that that is concerning for me. Um, I know Higgins, I don't know it. I don't haven't heard this status if he's going to be playing or not. That could really hurt Kentucky because they only had they only played seven guys Saturday, so that could be an issue if. Um, if he doesn't join the team, um, during again, Cal Perry didn't give us a when he would be back. But right now, I don't, 
I don't Auburn's too up and down for me. They're just too inconsistent. I know um Isaiah Coro is back. I know they look great against Tennessee the other day. Tennessee kind of fighting for you know, a chance to get on the bubble after a nice great comeback when it's Kentucky we go down seventeen to half. But I kind of worry about them. I would not be shocked if Frank Martin's South Carolina Gamecocks win a game or two. It, you know, this team's always get better. They always lose a bye game in November, December. They always lose to somebody bad, and they always play well. I was shocked Saturday they lost to Vandy. I was very surprised. So something tells me he's going to have his team ready to go this week. Would not surprise me. I think they're at the six. So I think they would play my LSU Tigers right now in the it, and I would not be surprised they knock them out. I, I really wouldn't. Watch out for Frank Martin's Gamecocks. Yeah, they, they remember that one year when you took them to the Final yeah. Four as a number seven seed. That, so. that could happen this year with one of those who nobody guessed. Could teams. be crazy, yes. So uh, we go to the American Conference, and surprisingly, UConn got the number five seed. I think they win, obviously, against Tulane, but I think with their their eight-man rotation, I think they get they don't win that second game in a row. And Wichita State, who's rested, I think Wichita State beats them in the second round. And I think for the tournament, I'm going to go Houston over Cincinnati. I got Houston winning the AAC, beating Cincinnati. Yeah, for me, I got right now, I got Wichita winning the whole thing at the uh, four seed. I think they knock out Houston. Um. I love Greg. I think Greg Marshall is one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think his teams really do play well in March. Um, I think for UConn, yeah, they're going to knock out Tulane. Obviously, I have them losing to Wichita. I think to be able to win that game, they're going to need more. They're going to need something for Sid Wilson besides those two, you know, block shots that he had the last two games. They're going to need, they're going to need Sid Wilson to be that eighth guy. They need him to step up. Um, Rest of the conference, Houston's very is a lot of freshmen and sophomore. We kind of saw. I was actually very surprised the way they fought at UConn last week. I thought they went down sixteen five. They're gonna, you know, pack it up and go home. But they fought. I really teams who they're maturing right in front of the front of our eyes. I you know, I think Houston could definitely make a run. Would not be surprised. They're gonna have the home court. Them and SMU got home court van. But this one's kind of. I think this one could be the most wide-open one because I think one through six would win this thing. I don't know. If Memphis gets C.J. Jeffries back, one of their best big men, they have a chance to run the tape. They have a chance. That's how they're going to get it. That's the only way they're going to get into this tournament. If he comes back this week, I haven't heard anything yet from him. But it could be interesting to see if he comes back. That makes it um, – because especially Tulsa has been down lately. But I want to – you know, Frank Heath – has this team was picked 10th, and I remember in the preseason poll, and I remember watching their opening day game against Houston uh, Baptist, with they were like a 23 point favorite, and they won by eight. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, "This Tulsa is gonna stink. You can actually steamroll them twice." And for them to be 13 and five at 21 to 10, I'm shocked. Frankie's done a heck of a job with this team from day one. Um, I don't think they'll be able to win it though. Their defense is very good; they just don't score enough, and I think that'll be will hurt them. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we'll wrap up. We'll, we'll wrap up talking about the uh, before we get to in and out. We'll talk about the uh, Pac-12 tournament and the Pac-12 is. I mean, it's been better than expected. It's been very competitive. You got Oregon, the number one seed, UCLA. You got Arizona, USC, Colorado. All those teams are in the tournament. You got Stanford on the bubble as well. You got a lot of those teams are in the tournament. But I'm going to go chalk though here too. I got Oregon with the best player, Peyton Pritchard, beating Mick Carone, who's done a great job at UCLA this year. I got Oregon beating UCLA in the championship. I'm gonna, I got the Ducks taking on Bobby Hurley's Arizona State Sun Devils. So the 1-3 matchup. 
Mick's done a great job, and they lost at the buzz the other day against USC. That was actually a good one. There's two big games this weekend in L.A. in basketball. You had UCLA, USC, and then Lakers, Clippers Sunday. So big week of basketball in L.A. Uh, last weekend. But for me, yeah, I, um, Arizona's been way too up and down. For um, Just so inconsistent. I They just, you know, you lost the last play Washington on Saturday night, and which – Washington um, shocked how, you know, that during the last play. Because remember, this is a team that they were the only team that beat Baylor for a while. So would not surprise me here as a 12, especially how, because they'll get they get Arizona again. Um, I think when they're term, uh, tomorrow, they'll get Arizona. Would not shock me if they win that and then knock off the four seed. And, um, or no, they're playing Colorado, I believe, right? No, the Colorado's a six, actually. Um, but Washington, yeah, I think Washington could definitely win a game or two here, because um, because this is dude, this would probably be one of the favorites in the Pac-12. I thought this team was finished second. Yeah, but you know they they got you know one of Bayheim's assistants, Mike Hopkins, who can't evolve. You know, he just plays that two three zone. Yeah. It doesn't matter if teams are shooting threes; he just stays in the two three yeah. zone. Yeah, <laughs> and that, and they cannot close out a game. They've they've. Only lost two games, so they're five and thirteen. Two of those games, or two of those, or only two of those games, they've lost by more than double. And that's games. why Mike Hopkins should be fired. I mean, he's this, he's not fit to be a head coach. It's starting. It's proved that. I mean, Syracuse kind of, kind of did Syracuse a favor, not to, not so he wouldn't would be mm-hmm. the fact he wouldn't be the successor to Jim Beheim now. So he needs to be fired, and, mm-hmm. and and that's a big reason why I think this team has struggled. One of the other reasons is too. I don't know. I want to. I don't know if he should be fired yet or not, but. Quadri Green, the Kentucky transfer, it was their best guard. He's kind of running that running the offense for Stewart and McDaniels. He got um, suspended definitely due to academics. Like, he failed a couple classes. He is not, and they were two to one, I believe, to start the Pac-12. And then he kind of got kicked. He got suspended, and so they've been three and twelve since. Oh wow! So I think that's been one of the key issues here. Now, I nowadays, I don't know how you get away. I don't know how you fail three classes nowadays. It's like, you can't help somewhere. Somebody can help you. Especially being an athlete. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, um, it's really hurt them right now. And I think that's been the big thing for watch. But I would not be surprised to see them win a couple. UCLA's been hot. Um, but Colorado, I could see even making a run because they've lost four straight. I really like because it's whole team's juniors. I could see them winning a game or two as well. Um, but I'll take the Ducks and Peyton Pritchard, who's been unbelievable. All righty, so now we're going to play our game in and out, expanded it from eight teams to six teams this week because we're getting because Selection Sunday is less than a week away. And we're going to start with the four teams Joel Lenardi has in his uh, first four in. Uh, we'll start with uh, Stanford, 20-11 overall, 9-9 in conference play, and the number seven seed in the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas this week. In or out, Stanford. I got them last four in with Lenardi. Net rank is still thirty. They had a more, did two marquee opportunities to get a quad one win against the Oregon schools on the road. Failed to do that. Seven seed in the tournament. I think they win a game or two. They should be okay. I always worry about that Pac-12 type. Do they? You know, because they're in the Pac-12. Um, t- yeah, when they kind of get, because nobody sees them. You know, I always worry about that, but. This team deserves to get in. That rating is at a 30, which is that's pretty high. I think NC State last year was like a 35. No, I think they were a couple years ago. I think it was St. Mary's that got knocked out with like a 31 or 32. Um, 
I think maybe it probably was still the RPI back then, but they're still seven and ten uh, against the top two quads. Isn't great, but I think this team playing well enough. They win a game or two, they're good. They should be in. Yeah, so if they beat UCLA, they'll definitely be in. Yeah. So uh, Indiana, nine, 19-12 overall, 9-11 and 11 in the Big Ten, and they are the number 11 seed in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I think they're in. I just, with this year's Big, Big Ten, I don't know how you leave a 19 team win off the board here. I know they're nine and nine. They got nine and eleven. They played twenty conference games in the big yeah, 10. Yeah, nine eleven. Yeah, oops. Um, so nine eleven, they did. You know, they have nineteen wins. Do you have Nebraska's two and eighteen? As long as you don't botch that one, you should be okay. And your second round matchup is Penn State, who is really struggling right now. So you will win two, and you're you're in great shape. You lose. I think you lose to Nebraska. You're probably out. I think they are in. I think they're like the last four out of five right now. Um, they're just so inconsistent. The net rating worries me because they're a 60, though, and UConn right now is a 59. So they're behind UConn right now. So that's kind of where I worry. But they should. I think they're okay, though, for the moment. Texas, 19-12 and 12 overall, 9-9 nine and nine in the Big 12. Uh, they are the number four seed in the tournament in Kansas City this week. Big game. They're going to play mm-hmm. Texas Tech on uh, on Thursday afternoon. In or out, Justin? I am in the first four out, but I think Texas Tech, Texas, I think the winner, it's a playing game, I believe, because uh, I don't think either of that team will beat Kansas, but I think they're out, and I think Texas Tech will beat them Thursday to officially eliminate them. They took an off day against Oklahoma State. And, that, that, and when you're on the bubble, that's inexcusable, yeah. and that could pro- that's probably going to cost Shaka Smartest job. Oh, yeah, it definitely could. I know Texas fans don't want to be back in the NIT. Um, and that's probably where they're looking. Their net rating, too, is a 69. So they're back there. They were playing great, and all of a sudden they just kind of uh, – they didn't show up Saturday for senior day, and that probably cost them. Yeah, against a team that is not even going to come close to making the tournament. That, that's embarrassing. There are actually – people are starting to put them as considered because Oklahoma State is starting to get hot. Okay. I don't think they're yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. anything, though. Gotcha, but. gotcha. <laughs> uh, last team Lenardi has in his first four in NC State, 19-12 and 12 overall, 10-10 and 10 in the ACC, and they're the number five seed in the tournament in Greensboro this week. I think they got to knock off Duke to get in. I have them in the first four out. I think they, they have to knock out Duke. To feel great about themselves, they got to knock off Duke. I don't think that's happening. I have them in the first four out right now. Now, one of their quad three losses, they come to a quad two this weekend because Georgia Tech moved up to 74. So for them, they got rid of one of those uh, three quad three losses for them to two, which helps a little bit, but not a much. I think they definitely have to be Duke. You, they're also going to be cheering for North Carolina, who's at an 84 net. So if they can get up to a 75, they'd both, they, I think both their games that they lost to would move up to quad two losses, which would look those losses even better than a quad three. So I, they got some work to do. I think they get to the semis, you're golden. But other than that, it'll be a uh, worrisome couple days to the fans, Nancy State. Rich Lamarty's uh, the first team in Lamarty's uh, first four out. Uh, Richmond, twenty-four and seven overall, fourteen and four in the in the uh, in the A10, and they are currently the number two seed. You know, they're the number two seed in the A10 tournament in Brooklyn this week. In or out? I want to put them in, but I have them in the first four out right now. 
I this is a good good team. Chris Mooney's had some um first time he's been there for a while. Um what year was it? I think maybe in 2011 they knocked off Vandy as a 12. This is um they knocked off Vandy this year. They beat Wisconsin by 15 out in Vegas. They beat BC by 20. Um they did go on the route lose Alabama though. So they've won some good man. They've won teams in some power five um, conferences, which helps I, I, as being in, in, in the A-10 team loss. They gave Dayton all they could handle at home wrote, they beat Rhode Island. The nice thing for them is that they have, they, they, they won't have to pay Dayton to the final. If they can do that, they're in, I think they have to get to the A-10 final. I think they have to win the whole thing though. Um, they're never into 37. They're five and six against quad one and twos, which isn't bad for an A-10 team. I just think they're going to have to win the whole thing right now to get in. Xavier, 19 and 12, 19 and 12 uh, overall, 8 and 10 in the Big East. Currently, the, they are the num- going to be the number seven seed at the Garden this, this week in the Big East tournament. As long as you don't lose it to Paul, I think they're – Okay, I think they're good. As long as you don't lose that game to Paul, they're starting to slip down the stretch here, which is the worst time to do that, of course. As long as you don't lose it to Paul, I think they're pretty much safe. And as long as you don't lose by 30, 35, 40 at Villanova, I think I think they should be okay. Um, I do have them in right now. But um, they're 7-1-2 against quad two teams. They only have one win versus a top 35 team, and that's Cena Hall. Um but they should. I think they are in for the moment. Just can't botch this game against DePaul on a Wednesday night. Wichita State, 23-8 and eight, uh, overall, 11-7 and seven in the American Conference, and they are the number four seed at the American Conference Tournament. I have them at the last four in, and I believe – so I had, they're 9-8 against quad one and twos, so over 500. They only, you know, they only have one winning at the top 25 team. They don't have a bad loss though, and that's the thing where I do have because of that, I do I do keep them in the field because their eight losses aren't bad. None of them are, none of them are like quad three or four loss. So that's the that's why I put them in the field at the moment. Um, so I I would saw the last four in, but as long as they win a two game, they win a game or two in Fort Worth, they should you know I think they're in. Last team Memphis twenty one and ten. Overall, ten and eight in the in, in the American Conference. Uh, they're going to be the number six seed in the American Conference tournament. In or out? Right now, I'm in the next four out, so they're going to have to run the table in the American. Um, without DJ Jeffries, if he does not come back to play the tournament, they have no chance to do that. If he comes back, they have a small, they have a somewhat of a chance to do that. They've they've um, had a chance this weekend to try to get a big win on the road. Houston, we're not able to do that. Um, they have a quad three loss. If it, you know, I think they have to run the table. It's been a down, you know, it's been a tough year for Memphis fans. They thought this was the year they'd be back in the tournament. They got to win this whole th- this whole thing. The net rating is actually 59, 59. UConn's a fifty eight, so they're right ahead of them. Um, but they got they got to win the whole thing here to to get in. I feel like they have to run the table. 
All righty, so it should be a great championship week. It's, it's already started, mm-hmm. and some of the small conferences have, have gotten there. You watch have, any of it, Steve? I watched a little bit. I right. watched a little bit of it last night with East Tennessee because there was really nothing else that's on. It, that's so a I, good team. I watched East, East Tennessee State Wofford. I watched a little bit of that last week, obviously, and I watched a little bit of the Gonzaga-San Francisco game last night as well. So I did watch a little bit of it uh, last week, but championship week should be really fun, should be really exciting. You know, the ACC tournament starts this week, and Tonight. and then and, and most of the other conferences are going to start on Wednesday. The other conferences are going to start on Wednesday and Thursday as well. So, uh, it definitely should be a fun championship. We've got selection Sunday this Sunday, and we'll be talking a ton of college basketball throughout can't the wait. entire month of March. And we know Justin can't wait about that for that. So, we are going to wrap the show talking about a little bit of baseball, and we'll talk about uh, Christian Yelich, who just got a nine-year, two hundred fifteen million dollars extension with the uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers, twenty-four million a year. He's going to be making, and let me tell you. Out of all the guys the Marlins got rid of, this is this is the worst because this is this is a top this is right now a top five player in the game. He can hit for average, he can hit for power, he pretty much can do everything. And this was a this is a huge loss for the Marlins. I mean, I I mean this is a huge loss. Yeah, this is a worse this is worse than Stanton. This is definitely worse than the Marlins getting rid of Stanton. I think that uh, the that this is a well deserved contract, and he is the uh, twenty eight. He is the Brewers franchise player, and is going to be for the next nine years. Yeah. Um great that they got this thing done he's still under your team control too for i think another couple of years um i heard this one for the first time yesterday he's getting paid till 2042 though so he's like the oh, next wow. bobby crazy. Bonita yeah, that's crazy contract here so he'll be 50 when he's done that's the only concern here is like we're we gonna have another bobby Bonita type situation here <laughs> on july 1st we always make fun of the mets here um but look he, he's been great He's gonna, you know, help this brew, and I think, yeah, you're, I'm right there with you, Steve. But this has been the worst one the Marlins have lost because Stan hasn't been able to stay on the field at all, so he hasn't been able to do anything. Um, but yeah, Yelch is he's really taken off since getting to Milwaukee, and uh, again, this that NL Central is wide open too this year, so they have another chance to get back in the playoffs. Oh, without question. So we'll go to another Yankee who can't stay on the field, and that's Aaron Judge. He's going to be out with a rib fracture. He's going to miss – no surprise, he's going to miss opening day. It's just been – and I remember Joe saying t- – telling me this last year, Judge and Stanton are the same person, and he yeah. couldn't – they're our president of Clovercrest Media, Joe Aguirre. He cannot be more right about that. I mean, they are the same person. Neither of them can stay on the field. That's why I think Labor Torres is the franchise player. I think Judge – is a, is a great player, but he just can't stay healthy. Just like Giancarlo Stanton. Pretty much John, Aaron Judge is the modern-day Giancarlo Stanton. Just can't can hit for a ton of – can hit for power. He can hit 50 home runs in any given year. But he just cannot stay healthy, and that's going to continue this year. And that's going to force, you know, Mike Tonchman and Clint Frazier to start the year in the outfield. And thank God yeah. – I mean, yes, I wanted Gardner gone after last year, but thank God they kept Gardner because now with Hicks, Stanton, and Judge out – they're going to need Gardner and even, to play, to start in center field for this team. Yeah, and even um, Andujar's kind of stepped up in the outfield. I've heard Boone talk come good thing about Andujar in the outfield, which is good that they get Gio at third. But going to judge here, could we? I hate to say it, being a Yankee fan, but I'm at the point where I think Judge and Stan are injury prone. I hate to admit it. I hate to say it as a Yankee fan, I'm getting that point though. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with you there. Because he's because Judge got hurt twice, two, tw- uh, two or three times, two in the minors. You know, he was out for the season, so he was out. You know, for year. You know, for he a lot of extended period of time. So I hate to say it, being an Yankee fan, but and I heard. I thought I heard Boone say this too that it happened on a diving catch in the outfield from last year. Now, if that was the case, why? Did they wait till? Why did he wait till now to bring this up and not 
November, December. I don't, if that's, it makes no sense. I, you know, yeah, hopefully he gets back in the field quick, as quick as possible. But this race seems to be pretty good. Again, how many, who, you know, it, it can't be like last year with every minor league guy that comes up or every guy that they sign cannot. Yeah, you, you, you can't duplicate Gio, guys yeah. like uh, Gio Urshela and even Gio Urshela and Mike Tonchman have the years they had last year. Even yeah. DJ LeMay would have the year he had last yeah. year. I mean, you can't, you probably can't duplicate that. So it's definitely going to be challenging with all these injuries for the Yankees, you know, Severino, Paxton, uh, uh, Judge, uh, Stanton. I mean, this team just cannot stay healthy, yeah. and it's definitely going to impact them uh, going forward. It is, you know, and, you know, at least the Astros won't be as good as they are. It, you know, because there's not another team in the AL that I think is going to win 100, 105 games like this team possibly can. I don't think, you know, depending on how quickly everyone comes back, they could still definitely get that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But, the more and more time their guys are out, the tougher and tougher is going to be because I think the Twins are probably going to be pretty good again. I think they're, you know, if the race is healthy too, they could probably win 95. If their pitching stays yeah. healthy. If Glass now and uh, with Glass now, Morton Snow. and Snell, Snell can get back to form like it was in 2018, that could be definitely a dangerous team because yeah, they're yeah. offensively, they're, 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 they're decent. They're not yeah. terrible and they got a good bullpen too. So they're a solid team as well. Yeah. But speaking of another team in the AL, we'll wrap up the show talking about this team. The Astros and Justin Verlander is not going to be ready for opening day either. And this is an impact for this team because they're going to lose Garrett Cole. They're going to lose Justin Verlander. It's really a Zach Greinke who's left in that rotation. So that's going to going to be a challenge to start the year. And you look at the the, the AL West teams definitely went out and got better. I mean, the, yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be World Series contenders, but you saw the Angels going out and get uh, getting uh, signing Anthony Rendon. And you saw the uh, – Rangers going and trading for Corey Kluber. We know the A's. They've been to the playoffs the last two years. So the AOS being more competitive, the Astros might not get those win that division as easily as they have the last three years. Yeah, and um, I believe Lance McCall is supposed to come back from Tommy John. But, again, how good could he be coming off Tommy John? You know, so that's probably maybe your number two guy right now. Yeah, they, they could really have a rough kind of start to the season. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, that AOS has gotten better with the Rangers. Angels, can they pitch? Can they, can they slow? You know, they're often to be great, but can they, you know, um, get outs with their staff? Oakland's would be right there, but yeah, uh, Houston may have a tough few weeks without Verlander. That ace, they're really gonna need Granky to step up at that one, uh, as the ace, as the ace of this uh, rotation. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J. We hope you uh, you listen uh, listen on all the app on the app on all the platforms. We'll we'll, we'll have this. We'll have, this is going to be on TuneIn. It's going to be on uh, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes. So make sure you are listening on all the platforms. And we'll be back next week, and we'll really get into March Madness and NFL free agency. That's going to be a huge show next week with March Madness and NFL free agency. So we hope you tune in on all the platforms. And have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Sports Talk with R&J with your hosts, Steve Risser and Justin D'Onofrio.